My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. I read a book once about the Battle of Monte Cassino. Monte Cassino is a monastery just south of Rome, where Saint Benedict is buried together with his sister, Saint Scholastica. And the German army occupied that abbey on a hill outside of Rome, prominent hill overlooking the approach road to Rome from the south. And the Allies landed, it was the winter of 44, much further south in Italy, Anzio, and they made their way up in the center of Italy little by little. And there was a journalist in the front lines of that group who wrote the story. He said it was cold in the front lines, the shells were landing everywhere, the soldiers were tired, Anyone in their right mind would have wanted to be somewhere else. The mules who would bring the food each night after dark sometimes were shot. The food didn't get through, so the soldiers were hungry. And each evening also the wounded were taken back on mules, back to the home lines. And the temptation to desert was very great. And one day, two soldiers decided to desert. They feigned that they were wounded, but there was a sergeant with a gun examining all the wounded to check that they were really wounded. And he discovered these two and he ordered them back to the front lines. And so these tired, battle-weary soldiers went back to their positions and they fought on. Eventually, the Germans were pushed back off that promontory. They withdrew to the north of Italy. Rome was spared. It was one of the most decisive battles of the Second World War. It was one with tired soldiers. St. Rosemaria often liked to say that battles are won with tired soldiers. And so we find a lot of emphasis in scripture on the virtue of perseverance. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful in little things, I have great things to commit to your charge. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I look forward to the prize. Where else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Many words of our Lord are words of encouragement to keep going forward in the battle, not to give up. Or even if we do feel like giving up, we'll to go back and begin again. And let us never slacken in doing good, says St. Paul. For if we do not give up, we shall have our harvest in due time. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And so again and again, 
Our Lord emphasizes the importance of these virtues. And so we can ask him for that grace to grow in the virtue of perseverance, to hang in there. Here in Nairobi in last week, an Irish Loretto nun celebrated her 100th birthday. She arrived in Kenya in 1946. She's been here for 74 years. Every so often we hear one of these stories. Fidelity and perseverance are very beautiful, very inspiring. And all over the world, there are similar stories of people who have gone before us, who've led very heroic lives, who perhaps have set up the educational system of a country or the healthcare system, and who leave a legacy of fidelity and perseverance to those who come after. Our Christian vocation in the middle of the world demands that same spirit in our marriage, in our family, in our work, in our apostolate, the task that God has given us to do, in our quest for holiness, so that we keep on looking forward towards the goal, not slackening and doing good. And then speaking to all, he said, if anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross every day and follow me. Our Lord doesn't tell us to take up our cross once or twice in our life, but every day, all the time, not holding back, keeping going, no matter what the situation may be. And so we can ask our Lord for that grace to, to hang in there, to begin again in living this virtue. Once the hand is laid on the plough, our Lord said, and no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Would you belong to Christ, said St. Paul to the Corinthians, and Christ belongs to God. St. Josemaria liked to say that to begin is easy. To persevere is sanctity. And so it's a grace, a gift from God. We pray for it. Perseverance is the fruit of faith, of hope, and of charity. And that perseverance in the tasks that God has given us to do makes many things possible. God wants to convert society, to produce a civilization of love, a culture of life, in and through our daily perseverance in the places where God has placed us. St. Jose Maria liked to refer to our vocation as a commitment of love. He loved that word commitment. Show me a person who is committed and I will tell you what sort of person they are. Show me to what they are committed and how they are committed and even more I will tell you what sort of person they are. And so we're called to lead lives of commitment, to show other people by our example what commitment means. Today is the feast of St. Mary Magdalene. We're told that it was very early in the first day of the week and still dark when she came to the tomb. She was very committed in her love. 
She had been forgiven much, and so she loved much. And so while everyone else was asleep, she couldn't sleep. She suffered from insomnia. If we're concerned about something, it bothers us. And she was concerned, and so she got up early. Her love moved her to action, moved her to fidelity. She needed to be with Jesus. And so she moved through the village early in the morning, not worried about what people were going to think or what people were going to say, if perhaps they were glaring out from behind their curtains. Her mind was on Christ. She needed to be with him. And then she came and she saw that the stone was moved away from the tomb and she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. And so they went to the tomb and they ran together. But running faster than Peter, the other disciple reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the linen cloth lying on the ground, but did not go in. Simon Peter, following him, also came up, went into the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying on the ground. And then they went in and believed. But then the disciples went back home. But Mary was standing outside near the tomb weeping. Mary didn't go home. She was also there at the foot of the cross when all the apostles had run away. This faithful, persevering woman gives us a great example of what it means to love. And because of her example, <clears throat> she earns the role of the protagonist in the scene of the resurrection, the whole story of the resurrection comes out or begins with Mary Magdalene. Not with St. Peter or St. John or with Our Lady, but she wins the Oscar. She wins pride of place because of her love. Perseverance is a beautiful virtue. Not giving up, hanging in there. having a total fidelity. Love seeks to be definitive. We need to give ourselves completely. And for that, we need a daily conversion to do things God's way. I am the way and the truth and the life. And always God will give us the grace to carry on or to begin again. My grace is sufficient for you. Very wonderful words that St. Paul has given to us in all difficult situations. No matter how much we might feel that we don't have the grace or we can't continue, if God has brought us to it, he will bring us through it. If we trust in him, we will not be disappointed. And so we can leave the past to God's mercy the future to God's providence and live the sacrament of this moment. It's a gift. It has a visible and an invisible part. That's what a sacrament is. And God lives in an eternal now. We can also have great faith that <clears throat> all the moments of our life are moments that God is using to bring us forward in holiness. 
There may be parts of the journey that we don't understand or we feel a little lost. When the three kings set out to follow the star, they came to Jerusalem and the star disappeared. So what did they do then? Well, they used their common sense. They began to ask questions. Where is he that has become the king of the Jews? And the whole of Jerusalem was disturbed by the questions of these people. But then later on, we're told they went their way. And as they went, the star reappeared before them. And they rejoiced exceedingly. We find a great joy in our vocation. Sometimes the star may disappear for a while, but it reappears when we use the means, when we're faithful to the norms, when we live our customs, when we live our spirit. We trust in God, we, we won't be disappointed. We know that he has a gold medal prepared for us that does not corrode, a gold medal that will last forever. And there is merit in the struggle that we make to, to win that medal. If God allows struggle, cross, contradictions, doubts, well, it's because he wants us to get that merit. And he always remains faithful to us. We might not remain faithful, but he remains faithful to us. And so we have to try and make sure that our vocation is founded on rock so that the winds may blow and the rains may come. But because our vocation is founded on rock, it does not sink. The rock not just of doctrine, but of family life, of apostolate, of Our Lady. Our Lord also wants our free response. It was a Maria love freedom. And so while God wants us and calls us, he also leaves a certain initiative up to us. We have to want it. Then Thomas Aquinas was asked what was one of the most important aspects in achieving sanctity. And he said to want it, to really want it. And so as our father says in the, in the way, we have to ask our Lord that we might want it like a, a miser wants his gold, like a sensualist wants his pleasure, that we might want that holiness more than anything else in the world. And we know that, well, the achievement of that goal may, may cost us some sacrifice, effort. Often perseverance needs sacrifice. In the 1980s, I was going out to see Mass one Sunday morning in Manila, and I didn't know that there was a marathon taking place. Marathons were just starting at that time. And I had to cross the main street, and that's where the marathon was passing. So I got blocked. I had to wait there for 10 minutes. I was late for the Mass, but I got a, a bird's eye view of all these runners in the, in the marathon. And I found you could roughly divide them into three different groups. Those that were running very well, those that were not running so well, and those that had uh, looks of agony on their faces and looked like they should have stopped running in marathons about 20 years previous. 
<coughs> those that were not looking so well, well, they had a pain in their side. Maybe they had entered the race as a bit of a joke, done no training. They didn't last very long. They had to drop out. Those that had done some training, well, they were able to keep going, but they had looks of agony on their faces. But somehow they managed to struggle on. And then there were the champions, those who had really prepared for the race. They had gone over the course before. They knew where to turn left, where to turn right. They knew where the hills were. They knew for what they had to preserve their wind and their energy. They're running in the middle of the road very smoothly. And these were the ones that were going to coast home and win the race. Well, those three groups, you could say roughly, correspond to those who will go to hell, those who will go to purgatory, and those who will go to heaven. And God has called each one of us to be like that third runner, to run like a champion, to run the race well. St. Paul gives us very athletic, sporting descriptions of the race. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I look forward to the prize. But of course, running in that way will take some sacrifice, take some commitment, takes a lot of effort. You've got to keep at it all the time and give importance to the race and take it seriously and take care of details and listen to our trainer, all those sort of things. At the bottom of all lack of perseverance or lack of fidelity, there's a pocket of corruption. Humans are fickle-minded. All the apostles said yes, but one changed his mind. And so the passing things of this world can never be the source of our happiness. We find our happiness in the risen Lord, happiness in the spiritual thing. Money, pleasure, movies, football, all these things are passing. Perseverance and fidelity means perseverance and fidelity to the, to the means that God has given to us. The norms of our spiritual life, our customs, living our spirit, giving importance to small things. The spiritual life may not be a romance all the time. It can be periods of dryness, maybe lack of ideas or lack of affections, but we carry on. Many of the great saints in the history of the church talk about the dark night of the soul. There might be very few compensations, but yet we try to persevere and be faithful to the calling. Mother Teresa was asked once, if she really thought she would be successful in combating poverty in India. And her response was that, oh, I'm not called to be successful. I'm just called to be faithful. There's a lot of wisdom in that. We're not necessarily called to be successful in all our endeavors, in all our, our apostolic efforts, in all the seeds that we sow. But we are called to be faithful, to sow the seeds, to launch out into the deep, 
to do the things that God has asked us to do in season and out of season, to carry the cross. And we know that God will make all our efforts fruitful. We may not see the fruit, but we know it will come. My chosen ones do not labor in vain. And so nothing is ever lost. And so we can be full of hope and optimism. God is with us. If God is with us, who can be against us? The Holy Spirit is there, enlightening us, giving us little hints here and there what he wants us to do, pointing us in the right direction. We have to listen with humility and docility to what is said to us in this particular moment. Reminding ourselves that God is with us in every moment of our journey. A man came to me once in another country many years ago. He was very low. He had just missed his promotion. His career path had taken a left turn. He was very disappointed. And I recommended to him to go and read a chapter on pessimism in the forge, which is the chapter in the works of St. Maria that I think I've recommended more to professional people in the last 20 or 30 years. And he went away and came back the following week. And he said, Father, there was one point in that chapter that I read where our Lord is talking to the paralytic, quoted by St. Maria. And the Lord says, take heart, my son. Your faith has saved you. And he said, I've been repeating those words. Every moment of every hour of every day for the past week, and those words have kept me going. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to us, encourages us to put our hand to the plough once again, never to give up on the ideals of the beginning, the great ideal of marriage and married love, starting over. Fidelity is dynamic, it's not static means falling in love with God and growing in this day by day and fostering that around us. We're in his hands. There was a priest in Singapore many years ago, Dutch missionary priest who used to say that a lot of young people would come to him complaining of low self-esteem. And he said, I like to tell them that, look, you're carried in the palm of a hand of a God who loves you. We're in the hands of God. And therefore, it's not difficult to persevere. The vast majority of people persevere. The normal thing is to persevere, to keep going, no matter what the challenges may be. And with that perseverance over time, God changes the world. I knew a couple in Singapore many years ago who had three sons in a very famous school in England called Stonyhurst. And they went to the 500th anniversary of that school in the late 90s. School started in the late 1400s, in the time of Elizabeth I in England, who succeeded Henry VIII. The Catholic history of England is very impressive and inspiring. Tremendous persecution over years. And uh, there was a great persecution of Catholics at that time. And the Jesuits couldn't start the school they wanted to in England. Catholic education was forbidden. 
And so they had to start this school in France. And it moved from France to Belgium and various places for 150 years. And then the laws in England lessened a little bit and they were able to get back to England. They inherited some big estate and they moved back near Liverpool. And this school had been there for 500 years. This couple brought back a little booklet about the history of the school. It was 20 pages, very small little booklet really, summarizing 500 years, one of the oldest schools in Europe. And on the back page, there was a list of their most illustrious alumni. And the first 15 were saints and the first 12 were martyrs. And over that 500 year period, that school had provided many cardinal archbishops of Westminster and had educated the children of the major Catholic families of the United Kingdom, given a tremendous service over our 500 years. But hidden in that story, in the bricks of that school, hidden in those 20 pages were the lives of many faithful and persevering individuals who helped that school to be what it was and what it lived to be through 500 years of difficult times and persecutions and uphill struggles and produced a great fruitfulness. We never know what God wants to do with our correspondence. Perseverance and fidelity doesn't necessarily come with age. Sometimes older people don't persevere. That's ever the case. Well, it's because there was a, a focal point of corruption earlier. They perhaps did not want to keep struggling. Or were not in love enough with their vocation. Virtues are manifestations of love. When love disappears, all virtues disappear. God is love. All the saints in their writings talk magnificently about love. St. Joseph Maria in his get-togethers and writings talks all the time about love. He said, you possibly may not meet too many people of my age to talk about love the way I do. And so love is at the center of everything. To love our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. To learn how to love the cross. To live for love. To put love into everything we do. To begin again in love. Love is a mystery. We never fully understand the mystery because God is love. But from time to time, we get different optical angles on this reality. We go deeper in love. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of love reveals new graces to us. We come up onto a new level. Intelligence, PhDs, well-paying jobs, apostolic successes, these necessarily don't make us faithful and persevering. What's important is not academic success, but fidelity. Commitment to the ideals of the beginning. We would be crazy to worry about whether or not we're going to persevere. We just try to live each day and each hour and trust and hope and identify ourselves with Christ. We know that he will do the rest. And the saints suggest to us that those who learn how to serve others in the family, in marriage, in the office, 
in our neighbourhood, in society. They'll be happy and persevering in their vocation. God rewards that generosity. And so we can ask our Lord for the grace of a deeper generosity, to give ourselves again. To give ourselves again, like we did in the, in the beginning. Lord, give me the heart with which you want me to love you, so that I can sing a new song unto the Lord. And the sureness that divine love is with us is shown in our cheerfulness. We go forward in joy to live out every day. We could ask our Lord that may others see God in me, sometimes in my defects, but in the defects in which I struggle to be better. If we want to transmit our spirit, if to try and live it. And so St. Josemarie used to talk about making it our own, incarnate it in ourselves to its last consequences. Not just fulfilling things in a peremptory sort of way, but doing things with love. He asked that our fidelity would be a proselytistic fidelity a faithfulness and perseverance that's focused on souls. And I do this for others, for the fruitfulness that will come. And that means a struggle each day. Today and tomorrow and the next day, and this hour and that hour. A struggle with humility. A struggle to fulfill what we have promised. And some promises are hard to keep. But we have the grace to be able to do all of this. A vocation and a grace for perseverance and fidelity. To have the right ordering of our loves and loyalties. On the 50th anniversary of the founding of Opus Dei on the 2nd of October 1978, in the get-together with Blessed Alvaro del Portillo, I heard him say that what happens in a game that little children play where they sit around in a circle and they whisper a word into the ear and that person has to pass it on then whisper it into the ear of another person. It goes around the circle and often what comes out at the end is something completely different to what went in at the beginning. He said that can't happen with the spirit of Opus Dei. The spirit that St. Josemaria saw from God in 1928 has to be the spirit that people live throughout each era of its history. And he said that for an organization that has to last until the end of time, well, 50 years in the life of that organization is like 50 days in the life of a person. It's nothing. And so we've been given a great responsibility to help all these things last. Christ was very faithful to his calling. <clears throat> I've come not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He came on earth to manifest divine loyalty, giving fulfillment to the promises that God had made to humanity. And he doesn't hold back or get held back by the infidelities of men, by Judas or other things. 
doesn't get held back in the face of difficulties, even at the cost of the greatest sacrifice. St. Rosa Maria liked to use the aspiration, our refuge and our strength, refugium nostrum et virtus. He doesn't leave us in the, in the moment of battle. And so we can fight to place ourselves at the service of the church, at the service of the work, to burn our bridges, to give ourselves, asking for that inner toughness, that fortitude to dominate our own ego, not to be ruled by our likes and dislikes, to be like a soldier in the battle, who's thinking of the, of the war, of the big picture. There was a piece of news on television network many years ago during the Gulf War, where they interviewed an American colonel who was in the war in the Middle East, and he was a dentist. And he was asked from his point of view, what was the biggest challenge of the war? And he said, well, the biggest challenge of the war, from my perspective, is the failure of the men in the field to brush their teeth three times a day. But maybe he was right. But at the same time, you could say there was something a little bit missing in his perspective. No? He didn't seem to have the, the big picture of the war fully in hand. No? Well, we also have to try and have the big picture so that we know what's going on. Cardinal Van Thuan, when he was in solitary confinement in Vietnam for so many years, I think it was 30 years, he heard the Holy Spirit saying to him, choose God and not the works of God. God may ask us to purify our intention in all sorts of ways. And so what things foster our perseverance? Well, fostering loyalty, even on a human level. Trusting in God in the face of difficulties. Having a readiness to rectify and to keep going. Recognizing our own weakness and not being scandalized by it. We're vessels of clay. Having a sense of responsibility. Taking care of little things. Being realistic. Knowing how to overcome the difficulties of, of our weaknesses, of our human limitations, of our tiredness, of our lukewarmness. Being aware of Difficult external changes that might come at a bad moment. There are times when God might just sweep the feet from under us and leave us hanging there. If that ever happens is because he wants us to look up, to discover what real faith is and real hope is. Or sometimes he might permit periods of temporary blindness due to our pride. And so St. Maria says in the furrow, ever since you said yes, Time has broadened your horizons, giving them new and brighter colors and making them more beautiful every day. But you have to continue saying yes. To persevere is to persist in love, through him, with him, in him. Indeed, we can also interpret this as he himself with me, for me, and in me. As the flames of your first enthusiasm die down, he says in the furrow, it becomes difficult to advance in the dark. 
but that progress is the more reliable for being hard. And then when you least expect it, the darkness vanishes and the enthusiasm and light return. Persevere. Our Lady at the foot of the cross gives us a great example of perseverance, though a sword was piercing her heart. She said then, as she said at the moment of the Annunciation, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.